0: What is up, you wonderful, beautiful, fantastic people of the world. This is Ashley Campbell with Daily Encouragement. By the time you guys hear this episode, it's going to be February 28th, 2024. And today I want to talk to you guys about the progression of believing God and being like him. And when I say being like him, I literally mean doing the things that he did. Casting out demons, healing, feeding people, all these things. And so I want to break that down today, you guys, and talk about the experiences that we go through with the Lord that help us to know who he is, how he operates so we can do the things that he did. So let's go ahead and pray. And then uh, I want to share some things with you guys that I had uh, pondered this morning as I was reading my Bible. So let's go ahead and pray. Ah, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your spirit. And you said that we would do even greater things than you did. And I pray the Lord that we would really grasp that, that uh, our hearts wouldn't be hard because of our lack of you know maybe seeing that happen right now on this earth with all the great vast darkness that's covered it um maybe the lack of um us experiencing it in our own lives or maybe in our own fellowships or maybe some of the people that we listen to and look up to are not convinced of you in that way and i just pray lord that you would help us to take all the all of the blinders off all of the limitations off of you heal our hearts in a greater capacity god's just be in awe of you and be like little children and just receive and not try to worry about understanding every little thing out there, but just seeing your power and being in awe of you, Lord, and and that we would go out and truly do the things you've created us to do. So, Lord, I, p- I pray, please bless this conversation, guide and direct it. I pray that everyone who listens to it will benefit from it greatly. And I just thank you, God, for um, giving me the opportunity to share these things with people. I love you, Lord. Thank you. And just pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. All right, you guys, so really, really quick for if you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. Um, I hope and pray that you're getting some value out of it. I started this podcast back in 20 October of 2019 and uh, just, you know, sharing my insights with people, uh, you know, basically sharing knowledge, educating people, whatever it is that um, I think will build up people in their own lives, in the relationship with the Lord, give them insight, understanding you know, all coming from the soil of my own life, sharing stories with you guys that you can connect with. And so um, that is really the goal of daily encouragement is that I would communicate with you guys in such a way that you can use the things that I'm talking about in your own life and uh, start making progress in your relationship with the Lord, growing in your authority, growing in your freedom, growing in your peace and your purpose, um, uncovering your, your true identity, your character and your values. I hope you guys have gotten my book, Nuggets of Truth, Volume 1. In the back of the appendix, I walk you guys through that process. Um, It gives you a really solid foundation when you know who you are using those aspects of your character and values and not the opinions of other people, your circumstances or your performance. And if you guys are looking for more information about that, be sure to go back to the podcast January 20th, 2020, all the way through, I think it was May 21st of 2020, like five months of content. You know, you can listen to one a day or, you know, um, even just a few during the week. And uh, I guarantee if you actually listen to it and apply it to your life, you're going to see some great results. So I just want to share some things that stuck out to me today when I was reading Mark. Um, I think this is important because a lot of times I think we judge ourselves um, of not believing God or thinking that we have to be at a certain place. And or maybe you've known him for a while and you're still beating yourself up like, oh, my gosh, why am I not here? And I want you guys to know that uh, the disciples went through that, too. And I want to kind of I want to share some things with you guys that I was thinking about this morning. OK, so I was in Matthew or Mark chapter five. And uh, let me see. OK, no, it's Mark, chapter six. Excuse me. So it says that and he called the twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. Now, I remind you. In the chapters before that, even in Mark 5, Jesus had, it says that he came to their side of the sea, to the country of Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Now, one thing I noticed about un- unclean spirit has been has been interchangeable with demons, unclean spirits. Same thing that demons, unclean spirits. It means the same thing. And, uh, you know, that could be a whole nother conversation. Can Christians be influenced by unclean spirits by demons? Uh, Yes. Have you ever had an unclean thought? Yes, we all have. What do you do with those thoughts that come into your mind is the ultimate question and how does someone become possessed? Right? Think about that. It's when you literally start entertaining and echoing back the things that you were thinking about and it really becomes a part of you, you know? And so, I believe that Christians can be influenced by demons. And I think that you could even end up, you know, being possessed by one. If you attach yourself to the unclean thoughts that they use to try to, uh, you know, really be used by you. Right. (laughs) Where it's like, they're the, you're the host and, uh, you know, they're working through you. It's kind of like, what's that movie? Uh, oh my gosh, it's skipping my mind right now. Venom. Right the guy's human being walking around, but venom is attached to himself and needs this human walking around in order for him to be able to do what he wants to do. It's the same kind of thing with unclean spirits, but we don't talk about this enough in the Christian community because number one, it sounds kind of scary. Who wants to think that they're being influenced by demons or unclean spirits? Nobody does. They make movies about it, make jokes about it. But when it comes to you actually possibly being influenced by it, you're kind of like, Oh my God, it's scary. It's not something that anybody wants to be like, Oh yeah, by the way, uh, I'm being influenced by an unclean spirit. Right. And so, um, the point I wanted to make with bringing that up was I don't think it was a coincidence that Jesus sent them out with power over unclean spirits when they had literally been watching him do the very thing that he sent them out to do. Okay. So that's the first thing is the Lord will, uh, you will experience the thing with him, the thing that he will send you out to do or believe him for. God's not going to, he's a good father, right? Fathers model for their children, maybe uh, a skill or something that they would have them go do by showing them how to do it first. And so that's what Lord's going to do with us. So, anyway, let's continue. So, he sends them out. He gives them power over unclean spirits. And then over here in verse, uh, what does that say? 12? It says, So they went out and preached that people should repent. You know, people do that all the time, right? Nothing wrong with that. But says, and they cast out many demons. I don't know if Christians are really doing that these days or if they even believe that's possible, or if we think that just because we have the Holy Spirit, we can't be uh, influenced. But then you look at some of the things that are happening in Christians lives and you kind of wonder, huh? If you, you look at some of the actions and the behaviors that Christians are taking in their life and I'm going to, I'll just call one very example uh one that, com- that comes to mind, like homosexuality. How can you call yourself a Christian for X amount of time and continue in that behavior when the Bible clearly says to step away from certain things. Now, look, we know everybody's a sinner. We know God doesn't judge sin, right? But the point is, is each and every person, no matter what sin you've been caught in, there should be a progression of you growing out of those old patterns because you've been influenced by God. You guys, I'll be right back. All right, you guys, I am back. I told you that I have to do this podcast in real life. And so my younger daughter needed help. So I went, helped her out. I am back now. Where was I? So talking about, oh, that's what it was. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So that's what the disciples did. And I think I was discussing with you guys, you know, uh, these days, a lot of people go out and repent, but are we actually casting out demons? How many people in the church are actually allowing demons to continue in the church? Can we just ask the question or at least discuss it? How would you know a demon is in a person? Did you know, back in the day, this was stuff that people actually knew and were familiar with. Even parents would come to Jesus and say, Hey, my child has an unclean spirit like to the point to where it's like they saw it in the way their kid was behaving, right? I mean, this kid was like getting slammed on the ground. It sounded like, you know, um, uh, symptoms of seizures and stuff, you guys. And I know this is a super sensitive topic because, um, a lot of people, um, you know, go through stuff like this and nobody would think that that's what it was. And I'm not saying that it is, I'm just asking, What is the difference between this generation and the generation in the past that was actually around Jesus Christ and saw these things that we don't see anymore? You know, um, things that go on in churches these days, people engaged in certain lifestyles and behaviors that it's like, why would you think that God would literally accept that seriously? You know, and we're not, of course, God will forgive us and he'll love us. But at the same time, it's like we come to him because we realize that we need him. And we are changed by his love and his grace and his mercy. It changes our desires. It changes our behaviors. It changes everything. You know, um, we want to, uh, you know, look like the people that God created us to be in alignment with the things that he wants for us, the good that he wants, you know? um, And so are we allowing God to penetrate our lives in this way? where we are literally being changed by what he said. And I think I I did release a podcast on that last week, you guys. So be sure to go back and check it out. So anyway, let's move on. So the disciples go out and they do all these things, right? And then they go back to Jesus here in verse 30. And this is Mark six again. It says, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all the things, told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. Right. So they're like super jacked up, like went out did these things and they were excited. And they're talking to the Lord about, wow, Lord, we cast out demons. We heal people. This is the things that we talk to them about. And, uh, so then it says, uh, Jesus said, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. You know, it's amazing how the Lord rested, he would out, you know, he'd be out healing people and doing things. And then he always took the time to be with the father and pray. And, you know, and that was just on the level of dealing with people on a spiritual level, right? Um, I always always say a spirit is thoughts, emotions, and will. God was dealing with the people on that level. He was talking to them. He was helping them think differently, right? Jesus is God in the flesh walking around. And then it says that he went and spent time with his father. Most people don't even rest from their just normal activities that don't have anything to do with them influencing people for the kingdom of heaven, right? Some people put the kingdom of heaven on the back burner because they're so busy, right? going to work, doing this, doing that, or whatever. And I think part of the reason that people don't pursue God in that way is because they're not being changed by him in their own real life. So they see him as irrelevant. They want to know him, but their knowledge and, and their desires hasn't really motivated them to the point of the transformation or the being in awe or really encountering him in the way that he wants us to. And so anyway, Let's continue on. But it says, this is verse 33, but the multitude saw them departing and many knew him and ran on foot from all the cities. So they're trying to go and get rest. And all these people see him. They know who Jesus is. And you know, it's amazing. It says that, uh, and Jesus, when he, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep having a shepherd. They were like, They were like sheep, not having a shepherd. And here's the other thing you guys think about people out there that see the demands that are placed on their life, right? And they go and they do the good thing because of the demand, but they don't have the compassion that Jesus Christ had. A lot of people operate out of resentment and bitterness all in the name of good. Seriously, you guys, this is the kind of stuff we got to start getting honest about because this is why people get burned down their Christianity. And this is why Christianity is not always looking attractive because we're not even honest at times about our motivations as to why we're doing what we're doing. Sometimes you just do stuff to get people off your back. Sometimes you just don't want to deal with it. So you just do it. But Jesus didn't roll like that. This is why it's important for us to know our limitations. And if you're not operating out of true compassion, Then don't do it, right? I know it sounds easier said than done. This is why you guys should, you know, go get my book, Nuggets of Truth, Volume One. It'll help you understand why you behave the way that you do. Everything was formed in childhood, you guys. Every behavior, every, all of the stuff that we do in relationships now, that, especially if you are a person that acts out of, you know, um, resentment or guilt or whatever, there's a reason for that. And it's easy. We can't just stop doing something. If it were that easy, then don't you think most people would be in life where they want to be? No, it's not easy. We have to do the hard work of understanding ourselves and asking the Lord the question, Lord, why do I behave this way? Like, what is going on here? Why do I behave in guilt? Why do I do the things that I don't want to do? Like, they look good, but I don't want to do it. So why do I do it? Understand your own motivations to the reasons why you do the things that you do. Ask the Lord if it has any, you know, any, um, ask the Lord how your life growing up has impacted how you make decisions today. You cannot go wrong understanding yourself. You will not change anything you don't understand. You're gonna stay stuck. All right. So let's continue on here. Cause I, I, I got, I want to share a few other things with you guys before I get off this podcast. It says, When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted and Oh, this is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have go and see? Well, one thing that stuck out to me this morning was, okay. So you know how, okay, well, let me, let me me unpack this first. And then I'll ask the question. So he, he sends his disciples out two by two. They've got power of unclean spirits. It says they cast out many demons anointed and anointed with oil, many who were sick and healed them. So they're going out and doing these things that us right now today would be like, dude, if I did that, I would totally follow God wherever he wanted me to go. Right. Like, isn't that funny how we think that if we experience something with God, that that's going to like really provoke us to really just like really go hard after Jesus. You know, man, if this miracle happens, I know that I'll believe God and I know I'll do what he wants me to do. (laughs) Oh man. I wish that were hundred percent true. And it's funny. So then all of a sudden he goes, you feed them. And they're like, uh, how are we going to do that? They never, maybe, and I don't know if this is, I think this is the first time that they had actually seen Jesus feed a huge multitude of people again. He's a good father. Jesus is the son of God, right? But we know the character of God. He was God in the flesh. He's not going to ask you to do something he hasn't shown you how to do, right? And so the disciples had never seen him feed thousands of people with only this time it says there were five loaves and there was two fish. You would think you, I mean, you could, you could, what's the word you can infer. I mean, at least I would, that if they went out, did these things, casted out demons, healed the sick, that they would have the the gumption or the confidence to feed that huge amount of people with a little bit. But they're like, uh, we don't know that it never even crossed their mind, right? And so the point is, is it was a progression for them to continually believe Jesus to do the things that they, you know, thought maybe weren't possible. Just because you got strength in one area doesn't mean that you're not going to get exposed in other areas of your life where you need him to show himself to you. This will be a lifelong process. It's not going to just die in one area. It can if you choose. The point is, is Are you guys giving yourself enough slack to evolve in your faith, right? What is faith? Believe in God. What is believe God? Accept what he says is true. How do you do that? You're experiencing him. God doesn't just expect you to trust him off the gate, like blind, blind trust. That's not how it works. What was your first initial transaction that got you to trust the Lord? For me, the very fact that I had knowledge of the things that I had Done, and the things that have happened to me when I was younger, and the shame that I carried around those situations, and that when I confessed those things to the Lord, and the weight of that fell off of me, I was like, Man, God, you've got to be real. I've always seen God in my internal world first. I didn't need God to go out and and do huge things in the physical yet because I already knew my own burden, my own shame. If Jesus had come to forgive sins, I was like, praise the Lord for that. So, and that that was an internal thing for me. So him, I experienced him internally first. And then once that happened, I was like, okay, wow, Lord. Like, thank you for your forgiveness. And then as it went about life and as about reading his word, and then you go over here to Matthew six and it says, don't worry about your life. you will eat, drink or wear. I start taking the circumstances of my life and applying his word to it. So let's just say, you know, like me and my husband, there was a season where we were both working, you know, and this we only had two kids at the time. And of course, bills got to get paid. And I remember thinking like, man, Lord, like we need more money and praying about things and praying about more money for the bills and this or that. And then like my husband would get a raise or something would happen in the circumstances. I was like, and I knew, I was like, wow, God, I just literally prayed about that. And then the circumstances would reveal an answered prayer. And I started connecting those things together. And that's the other thing don't ever take your circumstances for granted if you had just talked to somebody about something and you're you're praying about a situation and then the answer comes that's the lord right there you gotta start acknowledging god more in your life through the circumstances that he does reveal himself god uses circumstances yes he does um you know that's how he discipled his disciples he used the experiences with them to teach them who he was, how he operated, so they could take that with them into their future experiences they were going to have. Their past experiences with Jesus Christ were supposed to build them up to a point to where when they went out into the future and faced something similar to that, that they would look back and remember, wait a minute, how did the Lord respond? How did this go down? And then be able to apply that to the new thing that they were currently facing. So I think this was the first time they'd ever seen Jesus feed this amount of people. And, and so, and God was okay with that. Are you okay with you needing more experiences with God so you can feel more confident that he is who he says he is? I mean, we all want to be like, oh yeah, man, I believe the Lord. Well, you're not always going to believe him and that's okay. You need experiences with him to trust him. He does. Like I said, you, he wants you to be convinced and that's not going to happen if you don't have any evidence in your own life that he is who he says he is, God will give you the evidence. He will prove himself to you because he, he wants you to be confident of him. So you can, you know, make progress in your life and, and know that he's with you and and rely on him in greater capacity. All right. So check this out. So he feeds them and then they ended up, okay. uh, Those who had eaten the loaves were about uh, 5,000 men, but then in Mark, uh what is this? Um 45 It says He made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. And uh it says, Be of good cheer, it is I do not be afraid. Oh, he says when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I do not be afraid. Well, believe it or not, this is actually the second time that Jesus is taking his disciples out on the water. The first account that I read about was over here in Matthew. So the first time the Lord takes his disciples out in a boat, this was over here in uh, Matthew eight. It says he got into a boat, his disciples followed him and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep and his disciples came to him and woke him and said, Lord, we're we're perishing, don't you care? So that was Matthew eight. You go over here to Mark four and the first time, this is the first time that he had gotten a boat with them. It says on the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him and a great wind storm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, Do you not care that we're all perishing? So that same incident, that same circumstance with them being in in the boat the first time, that's Matthew 8, 23, and that's Mark 4, uh, 35. So that's the first time. So now you get over here to Mark 6, and now they're going on a boat again. Well, this account in Mark 6 doesn't give you the details of how Peter responded this time. So the first time they all thought they were perishing, the second time though, there's a different response with the disciples. So we're gonna go to the in and, and Mark 6 doesn't get into this. They don't give all the details um, as to how Peter responded. Um, in order to see that, we gotta go back over here. It's in Matthew, you guys. Let me go. I have it marked up for you guys. It's right here. So if we go to Matthew 14. Uh So, so Matthew 14, once Jesus feeds all the people with the five loaves and two fish, that same story is in Matthew 14, right after that, it says they, uh, Jesus made disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. And then it says, um, uh, he, okay, hold on you guys. I'm sorry. I'm trying to trying to make this fast. (laughs) Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying it's a ghost and they cried out for fear. But immediately jesus spoke to them saying be of good cheer it is i do not be afraid and peter answered him and said lord if it is you command me to come to you on the water so he said come and when peter had come down out of the boat he walked on the water to go to jesus but when he saw that the wind was boisterous he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried out saying lord save me and immediately jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and he said oh you of little faith why do you doubt i thought that was kind of interesting I, I could see the progression of their faith because the first time they were in the boat, right. As we just discussed, that was in Mark four 35 and, uh, also in, um, Matthew. Um, yeah. in Matthew 13, um, 53, it says it came to pass when Jesus finished these parables that he departed from there. Um, Mark 13 oh wait, no, it's not Mark 13. Where's the, OK, here it is. Mark eight is the first time they were in the boat. All right. And they said, Lord, we're perishing. So Mark eight. You guys bear with me. I know it's kind of a lot. So Mark eight and Mark. So Mark eight, 23 and Mark four, 35. Both of those are accounts of the first time the disciples were in the boat with Jesus. They said, Lord, don't you care we're perishing the second time they're in the boat? OK, so let's jump over here. This is in Matthew 14, 27, right? Peter's like, hey, call me out. The second time over here in Mark six, it doesn't talk about Peter. It just it talks about Jesus walking on the water and they thought it was a ghost. But I, I, I see the progression of the, of their confidence. They had been on the boat with him before, everything, and then they saw who he was. And then now this time like Peter he's like, "Well, hey, maybe I can walk on the water with him." Do you see the progression of faith? Each circumstance you have with the Lord is going to bring you to greater and greater boldness to trust him more. That's why it's important to not take our experiences with God for granted because we need those in the future. Right? They're they're the foundation. They're the, they're the, they're the things that help us become convinced. A conviction. You know what do you know what a conviction is? It's what you're convinced of. How do you get convinced? The experiences that you've had with the Lord, right? And the evidence that he shows you. Evidence is what gives you the ability to be convinced, which ends up in a conviction, right? They do that in the court of law. Now we do that in our relationship with the Lord. And so um, I just—I I was just appreciating that today, that uh, there's gonna be areas of our lives where we're strong in one area, and then we're growing and developing in another. And it's just the progression of following the Lord and being with him. It's going to happen. And and we got to accept ourselves in the process of becoming all he's created us to be. OK, so that is all I have for you guys today. I just wanted to share that with you, that your faith in Christ is going to be a progression. Um, you're going to. Oh, and that was the other thing. I think it's in the book of John. It talks about how Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he told him you can only do what you see your father doing you guys cannot do what god does unless you see him do those things in your life so ask god to reveal himself to you in a greater capacity right if you can't do it you haven't seen it ask god to show himself to you he will do it you just have to have the courage to ask i don't know how god's gonna show up in your life i don't know what he's gonna do i just know that you have to have the courage to ask and seek and knock and and, you look for god in your circumstances you learn to discern his hand in your life you build yourself up in the evidence that he's used so you won't be a wind of this You won't be like a wave of the sea tossed to and fro back and forth you can start using your own life as a you know a foundation for more confidence in the lord because you have been able to discern how to look for him you pray you ask right so anyway you guys i hope this was helpful it was an encouragement to me. I hope you guys got some value out it. Be sure to go back to these scriptures and you guys can read them for yourself. Ask the Lord to give you revelation. Please read your Bible, you guys. I can't believe I even got to say this. There are people out there who don't read and then they wonder why they're, they're not doing well. Look, God is not the Bible, okay? God is spirit. He wants to give you insight to the things that he says, but you've got to start filling your mind with his thoughts start seeking him, start learning about him through other people's experiences. And then asking God to show you in your own life, who he is. God wants to work in your life. That is why he came. That is the whole function of salvation. You know, getting acquainted with the God who's going to take you to heaven. He wants you to find him now while you're on this earth. Okay. So anyway, you guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you guys got some value out of it. I'm going to be preparing for revelation revamp. I'm hoping I can start doing that the first episode in March of uh 2023 i've got to locate my journals from 2023 i have a few of them but i really have no idea what i do with the rest of them i'm not sure i gotta look for them and uh, i want to start doing revelation revamp that is when i share with you guys the biggest insights that i had in the years prior so we're gonna be going through the biggest insights i had in 2023 i hope you guys get some value out of that and you can and that you'll even take the time to reflect on your own insights that you've had throughout the year what god has done in your life what are some big lessons that and that you might need to be taken into the new year? Okay. And one of these days, if I remember, Lord help me remember, doing another podcast on the four seasons of life and just the progression of growth and seasons and all this kind of stuff. It's a revelation I had probably back in twenty eighteen or nineteen. It was really powerful. It was very helpful. And it's definitely something that I have to refer back to time and time again from when I'm going through growth periods or, you know, um, feeling like I should be where I'm not and judging myself. And it's like, Lord, 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 thank you for what you've revealed to me previously. So I can use it for today. You guys utilize the knowledge of God and your experience with him in that way for your own life. So you guys can have strength for today and whatever, you know, is before you. So you guys have an awesome rest of the day. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I will talk to you all next week.